<laughs> From time to time, people still ask me about the guy in the background, totally ignoring us, during the last scene of Dope Dealers from Outer Space. To get things clear, he wasn't part of the cast or the crew. He was just a guy. And I'll tell you what I know about him. We were up on the Mount Hollywood Trail in Griffith Park on December 17th, 1968, shooting the scene. It was a little past three in the afternoon, so whatever we were going to do, we needed to do it fast before the sun went down. But we didn't make it through our first take before Howard screamed, Cut! and ran down the hiking trail to shoo away a couple of passers-by who'd wandered into his shot. He screamed at them the whole way down, and even though they seemed surprised and apologetic, he didn't let up until they were scurrying around a bend and out of sight. I turned to Jack and asked him, Shouldn't there be people stationed on the trail to make sure nobody wanders into shot? Well, that'd work if we had permission to be up here, but we don't. We don't have a permit? Nope. Why not? Ask Howard, Trish, I don't know. When Howard came back our way, I asked him. He glowered at me and told me to mind my own business. Couldn't believe it. This was the same man who hugged me like a lifeguard who'd just saved his child after I had auditioned for him, and my first question got me his stink eye. <laughs> Cockroach. I'd had to get up to Griffith Park by 5 a.m. to help the crew lug all this junk up Mount Hollywood to this spot so he could shoot this damn scene, and this was how he treated me? I held my feelings inside, so my insides were smoking. After Howard got a little further up the hill, I said to Jack, so we could be arrested for being up here. I don't know about arrested, Jack said. But they could throw us off the mountain and find Howard. It wouldn't be as bad as the last time I worked on a movie that didn't have permits. What happened that time? A local sheriff threw us out of town and threatened to sick the clan on us? You're kidding. Sure, Trish. That's my strange Canadian sense of humor. I'd have asked him to tell me the story then, but Howard called places, so I found my mark in the underbrush and started my Alexander technique. Three deep breaths, thinking on each who I am, where I am, what I want. I'm Cindy. I'm in the hills near my house, and I'm saying goodbye to Tleary, the reformed alien drug pusher who needs to beam up to his ship before the police arrest him because they think he, not Lomar, killed Mrs. Weatherby, Scout, and the Peterson's poodle. Action! I ran to Tleary and grabbed him. He was crying. Jack could really bring the tears on cue. Red cheeks and mucus and everything. I had to know his technique. And he yelled out, Why must I be persecuted? The others killed. I refuse to kill. To hurt. I wouldn't go through with the plan. <laughs> Why do you persecute an innocent? Why? And I launched into my lines. Cleary, your time on Earth is finished. But you go carrying with you the better angels that I gave you. And you can rise from hell to heaven on wings of decency to heights of good behavior, lifted by the winds of my faith that in the end, you... Cooked. And I was crying too by then. <laughs> and 
as dumb as this scene was, we somehow were really into it. I did Equus with Jack about ten years later, and we did all right as Martin Dysart and Hester Solomon. But even though the play was 1,000 times better than Dope Dealers from Outer Space, we never found this intensity of chemistry. From up the hill, an anguished cut smashed our imaginary moment, followed by six more rapid-fire cuts, and Howard was bounding down the hill again, right past Jack and me toward this guy in a blue suit and a red ascot who was setting his camera on a tripod. Yo! Howard shouted, You! Faggot! Oh, Jesus, Jack said. What did you say to me? said the man in the suit. I said get the hell off this hill. Can't you see we're trying to film? Howard, who was shorter than this man by what looked like a good half a foot, was in close to his opponent, like a baseball manager arguing a call at the plate. I expected him to start kicking trail dirt on the man's shoes. Why should I get off the hill? I'm taking a picture. I have a right to take a picture. Not when it's coming out of my goddamn pocket. What do I care about your GD pocket? You're an inch away, you fucking pansy. An inch. I'll spread you wide and you'll stay spread. When I saw fists balling up, something possessed me to get down there and in the middle of things. Wedging in between them, I pushed Howard and the man in the suit apart, shouting, Wait, 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 wait. Hold it. Once they were separated, I looked around and noticed three or four other people were now on this part of the trail watching us. Howard? What are you doing? Howard took a step forward. His face was red enough to take away Superman's powers. Howard? That's Mr. Zez to you. Oh, Jesus. Look, Mr. Zez. You've got to stop yelling at everybody that comes on this trail. We don't have a permit to be here, and you're going to get us in trouble. I swear Howard's eyes turned black, completely black, and he screamed, You don't fucking tell people that! And he lunged at me. If the man in the suit hadn't pulled me back, Howard would have gotten his hands around my throat. Now Jack was down on the trail, and he and the man in the suit were in between me and Howard. Members of the crew were also racing down the hill as fast as they could. Tell her she's fired. Tell that woman she's fired, Howard said to Jack. I stepped around the man in the suit. Hey, Zez, I've already got another job, a better goddamn job. Tell her to go, Jack. Why am I telling her anything? Tell me yourself, asshole. Say it. You're fired, bitch. I'll go. Look, can we all calm down, please? Jack said. Who the hell does he think he is? David O'Fucking Selznick? To hell with you! Howard stalked down the trail. Trish. Jack grabbed me by my shoulders. Let me handle it. Just stay here, okay? I looked at Jack's hands on my shoulders. Did he think we were playing a scene right now? I plucked his hands off me one by one. I was still mad. But for some reason, a grin was forming on my face. What's the magic word, Jack? Jack rolled his eyes. Okay. Please. Why do you care if I get fired? A bad director got me a good scene partner. How likely is that to happen twice? 
Point taken. Go. Jack scampered down the trail to Howard. The man in the suit sidled next to me. Your boss is a breath of stale air, isn't he? You just have to get to know him, I said. Then what? (laughs) Then you'll really be sorry. The man in the suit laughed. His laugh took the form of a series of enormous ha's that shook the trees. When he recovered, he asked, Are you okay? Fine, thank you. And thanks for pulling me back. It's okay. I take it you were shooting a movie? You got it. What's it about? Dope dealers from outer space. The man in the suit looked at me as if I'd just said spider penis. You asked. I did. I did ask. What are you shooting? I come up here every day, and I take a picture from this exact spot. Why? No one reason. To record how the light changes, to record the city in the background, whether it's clear or in smog or rain. I just like to look at the pictures and think about all that's going on in them, including the things I can't quite see, but the picture hints at in the grain, you know? How long have you been doing this? Two years. The 37th one I took the day my mom died. It was clear, and I know that somewhere in the city, while I was taking the picture, the undertaker was with her in the funeral home. Somewhere over there. He pointed toward Pasadena. That's in the picture, even though you can't see it. I think about that, and how on another day something like that may not be true for me, but it's true for somebody. You know? Well, your picture missed today's excitement. (laughs) Maybe. But it'll give me a reason to remember this one. He checked his watch. I've got to get to it. Sure you're all right? Yeah. I'm Trish, by the way. What's your name? Alan. Alan Stubbins. Alan, Alan Stubbins shook my hand. Remember me fondly. I stuck by Alan's side and watched him snap nine pictures. When he started packing up his camera and lens in this weather-beaten leather satchel, I turned around and saw Howard trudging back up the hill. When Jack jogged over to me, Howard shouted at him, Tell Trish to get her butt up the hill and into place. He does know I can hear him, right? Our esteemed director wanted me to tell you that he is not speaking to you anymore. So I can go? Sorry, you still have a job. How? I threatened to quit if he fired you. So did the DP and the sound guy. Thank them, I said, and tell them I'll get them for this. Will do. (laughs) Jack and I returned to our marks. Howard shouted his notes for me to Jack, who yodeled, yes, yodeled, them to me. If it weren't so ridiculous, I'd have found Howard's refusal to talk to me insulting. We started a third take, but before we made it through Your Time on Earth is Finished, two cops came up the trail and broke up the scene due to complaints from other hikers. The officers ordered Howard to either show our permit or clear out. Howard, making an amazing transformation from snarling Doberman to tremulous worm, didn't yell at the cops, instead going out of his way to tell them what a beautiful job they were doing. 
So we packed up and schlepped all the gear back down Mount Hollywood to the parking lot. Howard praised Jack's performance before he told him to tell me that my next call was at 6 a.m. next Tuesday. When Howard was a little further down the hill, which he managed easily because he wasn't lugging anything, I asked Jack, that movie you did where the sheriff threatened you, was that more fun than this? Please. I once stepped on a jellyfish, then fell onto two more jellyfish. That was more fun than this, Jack said. Later, when I was at home trying to get off book for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, I had to keep stopping because of thoughts of Alan Stubbins. I wasn't in love with him, though he was cute in a fussy way, but he seemed like a guy worth getting to know better, so I decided to go back up Mount Hollywood at a little past three in the afternoon to see if I could catch him. Day jobs and rehearsals prevented me until Saturday, when after our brunch, I got my friend Dana to come with me to Griffith Park. We made it up the mountain in time, but Alan Stubbins wasn't there. Over the next few weeks, I tried several times to find him. I looked him up in the phone book, but the only A. Stubbins I found was a very confused and easily annoyed greengrocer from Sherman Oaks. I even had a friend who worked for the L.A. Times check the morgue for stories about him or obits, but... There was no sign. I never did see or hear from him again. I don't know why he stopped taking pictures. I hate to think it had anything to do with his fight with Howard. Maybe he finally figured he saw all there was to see. I don't know. What I do know is this. I started taking pictures from the exact same spot he did at a little past 3 p.m. on the 17th of every month. Here's one of them, taken March 17th, 1969. I don't know if Alan's in there somewhere, lurking among the grains, but I like to think he is, doing something pleasant, while I remember him fondly. That was Your Time on Earth is Finished, which first appeared in New Reader magazine. You can find it and read it by following the link from my website, www.jimsnowden.com. I hope you enjoyed this story. If you did, and think other people might too, please like, share, subscribe, and all that good stuff. I'm Jim Snowden. Take care.